and welcome to BiblioChat. I'm your host, Forrest Hurlbut, and today I'm joined with my longtime family friend, Wiley Small. Aunt Wiley, how are you? I'm good, Forrest. How are you? I'm doing well. So, thank you for joining today. Uh, you have recently completed an historical fiction novel titled Gray, which follows the life of Thomas Gray. Can you tell me about this project and this historical figure you chose to write about? Sure, um, Forrest. It all began when I was working on my genealogy, and I came across this man named Thomas Gray who lived in Northumberland in England during the early 1300s. And I just Googled his name, expecting to find nothing, and I found instead this vast amount of knowledge about this guy and his really incredible life. And I thought, this is this is really something to write about, because I've always liked to write, and I've um, always written, and I thought, this is going to be a great story, and there's nothing else about him. There's no novels or anything else, and he wasn't a king or anything like that. So I thought, this would be, this would be really good. Um, and he was a knight. He lived from approximately 1280 to 1344. Uh, he lived in Northumberland in um, northern England and just had a, a really an amazing life. So you decided to write about him because he his life is full of these really crazy events. And you're trying to, with historical fiction, you're trying to uh, build a real-life character in between these major events. That's right. I think that's um, one of the big challenges of writing historical fiction is you have a set a set grouping of things that you know about, um, but you want to fill it in. You want to make sure that people see your protagonist as someone who is a real person, not just somebody who you read about in in history books. And so um, to, to do that, I've had to create kind of a narrative with him. Um, I've had to create characters that support that narrative. And then there's some characters that, that were real that he interacts with that also support the narrative. And um, one of the themes is how he goes from being a very pragmatic uh, young man to a very cocky man toward the middle of the book, and then um, how he has to rectify those two qualities from being, I I wouldn't say cowardly, even though his father calls him cowardly, I would say um, pragmatic, to when, when he becomes a successful knight and he achieves a certain amount of um, respect and valor, how you temper that that level of self-confidence and cockiness with the pragmatism that's really inherent to your nature. So that's that's been a challenge, um, but it's been fun to create these characters that support that and um, and scenes, the scenes that that are documented and the scenes that I've invented that also support that. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so what what are some of these major events um, he experienced that inspired you? Oh, well, the, the novel opens with him being left for dead uh, in Lenark, Scotland, on the castle grounds. He was a squire in, in that area um, after a raid by William Wallace, who, who you all may know as Braveheart, um, who came in during the middle of the night, and he, he essentially killed everyone in the castle except for women and, um, and children, uh, including the sheriff of the castle who Thomas Gray was serving under, and his death was particularly brutal. He had gone into his, his chamber and just bludgeoned him to death, and his son, his young son too, um, both were left for dead in the chamber. But 
my guy was left for dead. He had, he was stripped and left for dead outside in the muck. And um, then before Wallace left, he lit all the buildings around, around Gray on fire. And it was those fires that kept Thomas Gray alive, kept him from dying of hypothermia. So that's how the book opens. And then um, he obviously is saved and proceeds back to his home of Heaton Castle, which is in Northumberland. It's a few-day few day ride, but he gets back there. Um, and his father, who uh, is, is a very uh, bullying and brutal man, proceeds to attack him as to how did you survive when everyone else died? Did you hide? You know, why didn't you engage Wallace? You know, and so that sets kind of the, the theme of bravery versus cowardice in the book. Um, and the, the father, who um, actually, I'm sure he really wasn't like this in real life, but I've, I've created kind of a, a, a brute. Um, he was a knight who was injured um, in the Second Barons' War in, in England and has foisted all of his thwarted ambition on his son. So because his son is more of a pragmatist and more of a measured man, um, he feels the need to bully him into action. So uh, that sets the tone for the theme of bravery versus cowardice and um, stepping up and, you know, what is a good death? That's part of it, too, because in that time period, if you died fighting for your country, um, that was a good death. That's something that you could be proud of. And Thomas Gray was like, really? I'm not sure that I want to I have, a, have a lance, you know, through my body at, at a, the age of 17. I don't think that that is a good death. I think I'd, I'd like to live and and experience my life. So that was the, the formative event in his life, um, followed by a, a lot of really interesting things that occurred that helped develop him um, into a man who kind of uh, put the pragmatism to the side and became a, a very brave and well-regarded individual. So these two opposing forces of uh, bravery and cowardice are the... Um, the two elements uh, that are that clash against each other that you set up uh, in the beginning of the book. Um, how do you how do you continue to develop uh, these two opposing forces uh, throughout the book? Well, one thing that I, I try to do is make his life not. It's not a theme that you just find on the battlefield. Uh, in the beginning of the book, he meets a woman in Berwick where he's garrisoned and falls in love with her and. Um, then returns home to his parents where his father tells him that he is, he is to be married in an arranged marriage, which again, for that time period of the status that the Gray family was, was very common. And um, Thomas Gray was like, you know, I love somebody else. And he refuses to marry this Agnes de Bailey who um, was set up with him. And the, the father and the mother are both... Um, like, no, this is what you do. You have to marry this woman. This is this is a non-negotiable thing. So Thomas says, and I need to go back to Berwick and, and meet Cecily, who is the woman that he loves, and explain to her what's going on. And the father says, you know, you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to leave to the wedding because I, don't, I will not have you running all over the place uh, acting like this. You just stay here. So 
Thomas ends up going to Berwick to, you know, on the sly because he doesn't want to confront his father. Um, and Cecily is gone. She's gone. Some, her father was a doctor and she's gone on a call with him to another town. So he's unable to tell her that he's getting married. Um, and he ends up going through with the marriage to Agnes de Bailey, who in life really was his wife. Um, and I think that that's a good example of his unwillingness to, even though he was in love with someone else, his unwillingness to step up and, and really fight for the woman that he loved and to say, okay, well, I guess this is how it's going to be. I guess I'm going to end up marrying Agnes and, um, and I hope that the chips fall where they may and it's, it's a decent marriage. And, and again, in that time period, you, that's what you did if you were a nobility, but at the same time, he, he loved this other woman and just and sacrificed her for, for the expectation of his family. Okay, so that's very interesting. So you're so there's this element of uh, familial expectation, where Thomas, um, uh, in the scene that you've created, um, Thomas is in love with another woman, and he's not allowed to marry her because the father has there's another woman he has to marry, um, and so this uh, this issue of expectation is pretty interesting. Are there other uh, times in the novel? where familial expectation is broken. Uh, yes, yes, there is. Um, there's one scene early on in the novel. I don't want to talk about things later on because I'm trying to get people to want to read the book. But um, early on, uh, Thomas has a flashback um, between him, his father, and his eldest brother, John. And in that scene, they're, they're outside. They're in the courtyard. Um, it's night. They've all had a little too much to drink. And they're talking about uh, what's been going on in England. And John's, John says that he's decided he's not going to support England during this war of Scottish independence, that he's going to be going to Scotland and to fight for the Scots. And this is all attributed to this raid that Edward I did on Berwick, which was a town very close to where um, Thomas lived, Heaton. And in this raid, um, there was said to be from 4,000 to 17,000 people killed. And again, historians aren't um, consistent with, who, with how many they think died, but it was still a substantial raid on a, on a small port town. And Robert, who's the father, says, um, you wouldn't care if, you know, the woman, your whore, he says, um, wasn't amongst those killed. And that sets John off and they have a fight and Thomas is kind of on the side watching. And um, Robert, the father says, you know, we're English and you fight for England. And John says, I, I'm not fighting for England and storms off. And the last thing that Robert says to him is, you know, you're, you're sacrificing, you know, you'd be that way, but don't ever come back here and don't think you're going to have an inheritance. And uh, Thomas just watches this unfold, and the father goes back in and he says to the brother, um, how, you know, how can you do this? And, and uh, John says, I, I have to do what's right for me, and you have to do what's right for you. And here's an a example of someone actually defying the father and saying, you know, the expectation is that I'm going to fight for England, that I'm going to toe the line, and I'm not. I'm going to stick up for what I think is right. And for, for me, that's fighting for Scotland. But it's kind of a double-edged sword for Thomas because that leaves him as the, as the individual who all of his father's expectations now fall on. And he's expected to be the dutiful son and fight for England, um, but also do all the things that as the kind of the default um, 
Lord of the Manor, once his parents die, he's responsible for, like, dealing with the serfs and the serf village and the crops and the cattle and the horses and, and all that. And with his brother gone, it's, you know, the second son is suddenly the first son. And that, that's a ton of responsibility. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. Um, and I, I, I can't wait to read the book. Um, will I be able to buy it anytime soon? Or? Well, I hope, I hope that you will. But right now I'm, I'm going through the final rewrite. And then um, as of January 1st, I'm going to start sending it to agents. Hopefully I can get an agent. And um, hopefully maybe by this time next year, it will be in your bookshelf, Forrest. And you can give it to all your friends as Christmas presents. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank you for joining today. That oh, was, thank was you. really fun.